Hey, if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. First, did you hear Doritos set a world record with a giant chip and a helicopter? Yeah, they dipped a giant chip into a cheese mixture and stretched the cheese 49 feet without breaking. <laughs> okay. Second, have you heard about the popular late night snack for college students? It's the garbage plate. It was created back in 1918, but college kids have made it hip again. It's a medley of hot dogs or hamburgers, some home fries, macaroni salad, and meat hot sauce, plus accoutrements like mustard, ketchup, and onions. Ugh. Sounds like a salty mess, kind of. And finally, in the world of food, did you hear what a restaurant is doing to lure your hoko couple in, homecoming couple, um, that doesn't have a very big budget? Burger King is launching a new homecoming meal for two for 10 bucks. It includes two Whopper Juniors, two milkshakes, one small order of onion rings, and one small order of French fries for 10 bucks. Oh, and two crowns. So no matter what, you'll be the homecoming king and queen. There you go. There you go. And, and you know, the smooth talking guy will be like, hey, I want you to know, I want you to have it your way <laughs> on this special night. <laughs> <laughs> so nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Burger King. They let, they let you order it your way, right? I think that's, yeah, I don't know if it's still their motto, but it was. Have it your way. Have it your way. Yeah, absolutely. At Burger King. Yeah, Burger King. I'm going to treat you like a queen. Let's go to Burger King. It's <laughs> the best hoko ever. Coming up in just a minute, women are saying this type of guy makes the best husband. Hey, women are saying this type of guy Makes the best husband. Guy's name Kevin. <laughs> oh my god, that was so bad. What? It, it, well, let's see yeah, if it ask, applies. Ask my wife; she'll tell you. Well, that's she's the only one that would say that. It is nerds. <laughs> Women are sharing on social media that uh, green flags for guys, as in like as go instead for of red it. flags. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, the guy owning his own lightsaber or Harry Potter wand. If he has an unhealthy obsession with Lord of the Rings, run to the altar. Bonus points if he's obsessed with Monopoly or chess. Because those little underestimated nerd boys grow up to be men who see what's inside. And they say the hubbub is that nerds learn the importance of loyalty, honor, and character through their brainy vices like anime and the Star Wars universe. So this is like going all over TikTok that nerds make the best husbands. Hmm. Uh, but okay, wh- why does it have to be those specific things? Because you could geek out over all kinds of stuff. Why does it have to be yeah. those things I in think particular? We're all a little bit nerdy at heart. Because I, all those things you mentioned, I I have yet to make it through an entire Lord of the Rings movie. Oh, they're the best without movies. Without falling asleep, they're so good. So much running across empty fields. Why? <laughs> I don't know how you can fall asleep during Lord of the Rings. Harry Potter. Those what? are great movies too. What? We're. Uh, Oh, okay, we're getting the golden snitch. (laughs) I'm out. So we would love to hear from you. What do you think about this idea that, what is it, you said nerds? They say nerds make the best husbands. And a nerd is defined as someone who's into like Lord of the Rings or Or Harry Harry Potter. Potter, Has a lightsaber, that kind of thing. Like sci-fi. But because of that, they will have traits that make them a better spouse. How does that sit with you? Hey, 
Holly. It's Kevin and Taylor. So do you you believe this trend on social media that nerds make the best husband because they look at the heart? They look at who you really are? Well, that just pretty much describes my son, Caleb. And he has a huge heart and loves Jesus and is looking for a wife. Ooh. Uh-oh, we might want are to take down your name and number, yeah. lady. <laughs> so tell us more about him. Is he into all this stuff like Taylor was saying? Is he like, does he have his own lightsaber? He does have his own lightsaber. That was when he was little, though. He doesn't get it out anymore, but he loves <laughs> But he, he doesn't get it out anymore. He keeps it under his pillow. <laughs> you know, you know yeah, just in yeah. case. <laughs> my favorite lightsaber story is my friend's son was going to teach in Korea, South Korea. And they're like, okay, you only have this much room in your luggage. What? And then he gets to security in Korea. And they're like, what is this? And it it was his lightsaber. <laughs> and then security's like, what is this? And he had to go. And then they all, and they knew what it was. Can't go overseas without your lightsaber. That's great. You sound like a great mom. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, thank you so much. We're talking about Taylor says that uh, geeks make better, better potential no, TikTok husbands. TikTok says that there's a big influencer that's marrying a, a nerd soon. And this is her big thing. Like, okay. if you've got a nerd, marry that man. OK, a um, couple of questions real quick. What if your guy is a, a nerdy geek and you're like, OK, Taylor, we're saying this is this makes him a big green flag. He's really into Harry Potter. What what if he wears a Slytherin T-shirt? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what about Good that? question. Do huh? you really want someone yeah. from that house? Right. For someone who falls asleep during Harry Potter movies, you sure know a lot about them. Well, my kids. I have four yeah. kids, so of course, you know, it seeps through. And then the the uh, so so that. And then I wonder how many women tonight are going to go home because of hearing hearing you share this. Are they going to say to their their guy, "Hey, uh, how about we watch Lord of the Rings tonight? <laughs> <laughs> to see if he's marriage see, material. Yeah, to see if he says like, oh, great, I love that movie. And if he goes like, oh, man, I don't like those. Scratch him <laughs> off the list. <laughs> this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. Kev, you're going to love this guy. He's 18 years old and he lives in Australia. And he decided, I'm going to open my own coffee shop. But he approached it like Kevin Avery would approach playing the guitar or endurance sports. He took it super seriously. He did market research. He worked for a couple years in another coffee shop, perfecting his barista skills. Mm. And then he was able to share space with a friend who had a paint studio and he went for it right out of high school. Art and coffee. He opened this shop and he's got like pastries. He can do like the art on the the frappuccino or the mm-hmm. cappuccino mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And nobody came. And he's like, <laughs> you're right. No. That is the most Kevin Avery thing ever. But totally agree. <laughs> he got on TikTok and started making videos of his empty shop and talking about his beautiful barista art and pastries. It went viral Good. and people from all over empathize with his ambition and his lack of customers and business has been booming ever since. Good for him. <laughs> I'm so glad of that happy ending. Up to that point, you're right. It was the most Kevin Avery story ever. Coming up in just a minute, you know how that whole theory of when your body starts to relax a little bit, that's when you get sick? It's like mm. your immune, immune system lets its guard it, down. It relaxes too? <laughs> yes. I have a real life example of that. I'll tell huh. you about it in just a minute.
So are we going to file this uh, next thing you're going to share with us? Is this under science is real or stuff your mama told you? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there's a, re- a real study. Um, by <laughs> to a, back this up? Yeah, and they okay. call it leisure sickness. And it's when you finally get to relax, when you finally get to let your hair down and just whoosh, then your body gets sick. It's like it's almost like your body goes Okay, I'm not fighting anymore. Everything takes a break. Yeah, and I have a great example of that. I've been sharing a lot on the radio about how um, my niece Kaylee and her now husband Morgan had this the most beautiful wedding. I mean, they walked down the aisle to a Lauren Daigle song, and just everything was just so beautiful, so emotional. They wrote their own vows. Kaylee's dad was bawling when he walked down the aisle, and then I looked over and... Morgan, her groom, was bawling. I mean, it was just such a great day. So special. Well, then they went on a honeymoon of a lifetime. They've been scrimping and saving for forever. And they both got sick. They came home from their honeymoon sick. And like they're missing, you know, they've already missed a week because of the wedding and the honeymoon. And now they're both sick. On top of it all, they're both sick. Like as in can't go to work kind of sick. Not... Oh, I have honeymoon sickness. Like, I don't want to leave my other. Well, I don't want to leave my bride or my groom. Kaylee's learning about the man flu real early. You know how they they always say, like, man gets the sniffles and he's on the couch for a week. Wife, meanwhile, has like (laughs) COVID. I can muscle through. Yeah, they both have COVID. Oh, no kidding. They got it on the. Yeah. So I don't. I I haven't heard of word of anyone else at the wedding being sick. The wedding was mostly outside. Who's handling it better, him or her? And what are they learning about each other right now? <laughs> I need to call her. I need are to call they, her and say, how's it going? Are they seeing a side of each other that they, I mean, think about it. He just said, he just spent a week of his bride walking down the aisle in her fabulous gown, looking practically perfect in every way. And then walking down outfits, the beach in her bathing yeah, suit. Right, and then honeymoon outfits all week look, looking fabulous. And now, now he's getting, wow, you sure look different when you're sick. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole dose right. of reality. The first week of marriage. Guess the honeymoon is over, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and she's thing. thinking, yeah, you're looking a little different yourself there, pal. Yeah. <laughs> So you know how guys, husbands will be like, what am I good for? Opening cans and killing bugs, right? (laughs) So I made my husband do something way beyond getting rid of a bug. Mm. I can't wait to tell you what I got him into next. Okay, so a lot of times guys do the, the stereotypical like, Man, what would you do if I wasn't around? Who would kill the bugs and who would open the jars? Who would I mean, reach the top shelf? Come on. <laughs> and so I I actually needed way bigger help than that the other day. Uh, so here's the scenario. I My husband's mowing the lawn. I leave the house in quest for a trail run. But I see a creature that needs to be rescued, and it's beyond my capabilities and my fear level. I can't do it myself. So I go all the way back to the house and my husband doesn't see me. So I like wait for him to make this big swipe at the lawnmower and he finally turns the lawnmower around. And there I am standing there with this look on my face. Like he's like, (laughs) he, he idles the mower. He goes, what's going on? I go, babe, there's a turtle. There's a turtle and he's really in distress and he needs you. And he's like, he wrote, he's like, 
you can't handle this? I'm like, no, no. I Can you get some gloves and will you please come? He's like, where is it? And I've said, it's way down by the retention pond near our community center. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ugh, we're fine. So he turns off the mower. I run in the house. I get him some rubber gloves that we have left over from the pandemic. And we go down and he's got the gloves on. He's like, where's the turtle? I'm like, he's right there. Look at him. He's hanging on the chain link fence with his little paws up like, help me. Help me. I just need to get to this pond. I need water. And he goes, wow, you didn't tell me it was a big old snapping turtle. And I said, why do you think I needed your help? I'm not picking that thing up. I'm scared out of my mind. But babe, you got to have the gloves on because I have a friend they took the pet, the class pet home, a turtle, mm-hmm. and she got salmonella and spent a week in the hospital away from her so family. She was it. that right. sick. Mm-hmm. You cannot. So she, he gets the turtle, and I knew if I tried to pick up the turtle, I'd scream and drop it. Yeah. And first, he had me scout out a, a hole under the fence because we couldn't toss him over <laughs> the turtle, this retention pond. Turtle toss. <laughs> so he picks up the turtle, and he's like, and the turtle goes. <sighs> And like the mouth is wide open and a he's trying to snap. Yeah, I didn't this know a is turtle a snapping does that. turtle. It's like wow. this big. We stick him under the fence and I look and his gloves are completely shredded and his skin is scratched. And I'm flipping out. I'm like, babe, you got to go back to the house. Wow. You got to wash. You got to no sanitize. Kidding. The peroxide's under the sink. Please do not get salmonella because I asked you to rescue a turtle. <laughs> and so far, he's okay. Knock so on wood. So <laughs> For the incubation period. <laughs> of the salmonella. Wow. All right, I, I got a good animal rescue story uh, of rescuing an animal, but I don't think this animal really wanted to be rescued. We'll, do- we'll talk about that next. So we're talking about animal rescues. Uh, you guys had the the snapping turtle rescue. That sounds scary. I yeah. did not know turtles made that noise. What was the noise again? I went. <sighs> wow. But I don't know if that was an exact impersonation. <laughs> his mouth was wide open trying to snap at Glenn. And then wow. apparently snapping turtles have like almost like thorns on their claws on their, their feet, their little turtle feet. Yeah. On their legs, on like their not legs. claws, like uh I don't know. It's like just spurs it cut, or something. It shredded the okay. gloves. So yeah. here's my animal story of a, an animal that I'm not sure wanted to be rescued. I was out on a bike ride going down a country road, beautiful uh-huh. day, and I see a goat has his horns oh. stuck in the fence. Oh my goodness! Like he's in a, Poor the, goat. He and his other goat friends are in this, you know, like penned in area, and he somehow had gotten his horns stuck on the fence. It was like one of those fences where the opening's like I don't know. Five inches by five inches, like square, and he got his horn stuck in there. So I was like, "All right, I'm going to stop and help him." So I, I stop, and he he was like shaking his head. It was a little I'm much. Scared, but already, I freed yeah. him. I got him out and right. go, you know, romp with your goat friends. So I continue on my ride, and my ride was a big loop. So I was coming back by that on my way home. Uh-huh. Same stupid goat has done the same stupid thing and he's got his head stuck again. What? So I just kept going. I was like, (laughs) obviously you like this. Obviously you're... Maybe he was scratching his horns and it... I don't know, but... He kept getting stuck. I thought, I I already did my good goat deed for the day. You are on your own now, Mr. Billy Goat. (laughs) (laughs) So I think you've probably been through this. You call your spouse, you're like maybe running errands or you're coming home from work and you can tell something's wrong. You can tell something is up. You're like, what's wrong? Nothing. What's wrong? Nothing. You go through this game for a while. That was that was yesterday, and I finally found out what was wrong. Uh, our dogs, we have five dogs, and two of them uh, got underneath our air conditioning unit. Um, we Whoa. have it. We have like this little like 
Home Depot do-it-yourself fence that you just kind of stick in the ground. We have it uh-huh. surrounding the air conditioning unit. We thought we had it blocked off completely. It's worked for years. There's a little gap, and they got in there. We think there might have been like chipmunks or something <gasps> underneath Uh-oh. the uh, air conditioning unit. Did they dig to China? They dug to China and were covered, and one of the dogs is blonde, covered head to toe <laughs> in dirt. I knew who it was, but they, there's only it, one blonde one. It was Marco and Artessa. <laughs> I'm sure Marco led the charge, and Artessa followed him because they're inseparable. So Tracy's like, you know, you're just you're starting your day. You've got this plan of what you're going to do with your day. Mm-hmm. And that happens. And she said, so I had to give them had to give them both a bath. Ugh. I had to plunk them both. You know, she, she said I did it outside just with the hose. Good move. Coming up in just a minute. Why moms are hiring other moms to help their kids. Hey, have you heard about this? Moms are hiring moms to help their kids. Yep. It's called a mother's love at a bargain price of 450 bucks a year plus applicable fees. Parents are hiring concierge services for their college students, leaving to professionals some of the duties usually done by mom, including hugs. Because what do you do when kids go off? Like your son Mm. went off to Boston in another state. Services like this have sprung up around college campuses all around the United States. Uh, Medicine pickup and delivery putting furniture together, rides to and from the airport, even going with your kids to their doctor's appointments. In Boston, it's $10,000 a year for this company that promises to only accept 30 clients. They'll even shop for everything for your child's dorm room with their preferred color scheme. So, (laughs) yeah, it's concierge mom services. My wife would be horrified if one of our kids did that when they went off to went off to school yeah. however on the flip side flip side she would rock if she w- did that job I was just for someone thinking else that. she would be so good at it my sister um rhoda her her daughter went off to another state and they uh-huh. have services like there's a mom's facebook group yeah and they'll like go deliver a little birthday treat on your child's birthday and she said it's super affordable huh and it's like hand handmade, you know, homemade cookies or something that you yeah, can't she would, do. She would never want one of her kids to do it because she would, she would she would it. be insanely jealous and feel like she was being replaced. But she would do it for other Maybe people's kids like, and would make bank on can that. Can you imagine? <laughs> and you know what that a lot of them do? And your wife would rock this. They'll they also promise as part of their fee, like to invite the child over for dinner once a month. Oh, yeah. So they get a home cooked I mean, meal. We have four kids. We've had a cavalcade of weird kids coming through our house. All the Tracy time anyway. should totally do this. She would be so good at it. <laughs> she would. A momcierge. She would. But I don't know we're working for somebody else. We're, we're going to do this on our own. 10000 per kid, 30 clients. That's what, like $300,000? That's what a year. I meant. She should totally start her own company. Yeah. So, how do you feel about these momcierge services when your child is off of college in another state? Uh, you hire another mom to do all the stuff you couldn't do because you're not there, including hugs. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, Amy, it's Kevin and Taylor. And we're talking about this. Uh, it's like a rent-a-mom service. And I was against it until I realized maybe I could get one for me. And now I'm for it. <laughs> right. I don't want no, it for I my understand. kids, but I want it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. No, I am. My son was in the military and he went overseas. Uh, he's in the Navy. And um, that was wonderful that we could kind of rent a mom, I guess. And the fact that she could take him a key lime pie using his grandmother's recipe for his birthday. Oh, that's and so cool. That was just, you know, he was excited. I was excited because he was taken care of. 
Um, and now he's married and has kids, and you know, of course, she's taking care of him now. And but it's just wonderful to have yeah. that feeling of hey, someone else can take care of him when he's so far away. Yeah, that the service at my niece's college is similar. They'll use a family recipe if you want them to. Right. Thanks for sharing yeah. a little bit of your life with Amy, and thank you so much for your son's service. We really appreciate oh, thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, it's Kevin and Taylor. So we're we're talking about this service where you can kind of rent a mom. How, how do you feel about that? I love it. I've been a rent a mom. Didn't even know I had a title. <laughs> That's great. My daughter, well, three of my children went off to college, and so they did have out of state uh, roommates. And I really adopted those roommates and brought them home. They had dinner, Aww. went to church with us, and I mean. Because it's so important that first year, I believe. You know, mm. you don't want to. Yeah. Wanna, but just let, mm. the, let the other parents know your child is okay. Oh, you know? I would love to have gotten a call from you for my son when he was away at school. That would have been great. Just want you to know Kyle's okay. I know, yeah. We're probably about the same age, but will you be will you be my adopted mama? <laughs> oh, sure, sure. This I, just got you know, weird. I, I really wish I could do it for some kids now, you know? <laughs> it's not weird, Taylor. Hear that? You need to step in and be my mom right now. Mom, she just said I'm weird. <laughs> Are you striving to be a great mom who raises incredible humans? Well, check this out. It's what social media does to your mothering. Hmm. moms who spend time on social media are four times more likely to feel like bad parents. No kidding. A new survey revealed that social media puts pressure on moms to look and act a certain way. Hmm. And 80% of moms feel like society has way too many expectations on what a mother should be. And even though women are watching mom fluencers, they don't really feel like what they're watching is real or authentic. Hmm. They know it's curated. And, you know, a lot of moms, they'll do the smart thing where they'll show, like, this is my perfect social media post, and then pan the camera over to the mess right behind the scenes, behind the camera, and let people know I'm Why do the fake one part. to begin with? Why Why not just do the real thing uh, instead of, of, like, the curated fakiness? Yeah, that's because they're making money off. They're providing for their family. I know a woman who, that's just, like, that's her job hmm. is she gets sponsorship. <laughs> her she job has, is to perpetuate the myth yeah. that makes everyone feel yeah, yeah. awful. She <laughs> does, like, perfect hairstyles. They, her and her two little girls do matching outfits, and then a dress company sponsors the outfits. Like, it's a friend of a friend. I don't know her hmm. personally, but I just, I know that's how she wow. makes a living. So our producer Griffin's going to check in with us in just a minute. And he said cool. he went, had one of those uh, experiences the other day where something happens. And you're like, oh, we need an adult. And he's like, oh, <laughs> wait, that's me. <laughs> I'm the adult in the room. We'll find out what it was next. Griffin. Griffin's in the studio with us. And, um. Taylor was saying just a minute ago that you had one of those situations where you said, man, there, there needs to be an adult here. Yeah. And then you realized that that was you. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Hate it when that happens. Yeah. Uh, the other day, the kids went in the backyard to play, and they go out for like just a second, and they come running back inside. They're like, daddy, 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 there's a squirrel in the backyard Uh-oh. that is um, no longer alive. 
Uh-oh. The squirrel is just oh, laying there, not oh, moving. No. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, uh, I had that moment of like, who's the adult here? Like, is someone going to do something with this thing? Like, what do we do? And I realized that it's up to me. I'm the dad. Oh, and no. my wife wasn't home. And it's all on me to figure wait, wait. out. If she was home, would you have put it on her? I would have her? at least gotten her advice on what do I do with this thing? I like It was all on me to even figure out what to do, period. Uh-huh. So I decided, I guess I'll bury it. So I got a shovel and Wait a buried minute. it. No, Wait a minute. No. Wait a minute. Wow. You what? had to make sure you dug the hole in the right spot. Because you have a little pet cemetery going back there. We do. Now, this is dog. the dog. Your dog's going to sniff that out? Mm-hmm. You think so? I kind of covered it up a little bit. Kind of. Like <laughs> a soccer goal that was... <laughs> so Henry doesn't dig. So he doesn't dig right there? Did for you the... remember? Do you have like a little cross where your kitty cat is Yeah, I know buried? where the cat is. I okay. put it on like the other side of the yard. Okay. When you, yeah. when you yeah. buried the cat, <laughs> so did you do anything with the cat or just drop the cat as is in the hole and cover it with The dirt? cat was bagged. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, squirrel, we did that. the squirrel just We had in. to do, a, when we had to bury a, a guinea pig. Skinny pig was named Abraham, and he lived like a life like Abraham. This thing stayed around for like 15 years, <laughs> set some kind of record. And when we buried him in the backyard, he was bagged, boxed, mm-hmm, <laughs> like yeah. all kinds of stuff. Because I was like, I do not, we had all, like five dogs. Yeah. I do not want them to be like, hey, some good down here. Based <laughs> on how much your wife loves her kitty cats, I'm surprised you didn't have a little casket made. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> a little cat kit. <laughs> we'll have to keep us posted on whether that squirrel stays buried or not. <laughs> Night of the living dead squirrel. <laughs> I saw a story from the sports world uh, about a coach. He recently lost his job. And it's a lot of it is because he hasn't adapted with the times. He hasn't changed his methodology and how he coaches with with the times. And I'm wondering, uh, in a bigger picture, uh, like coaches on a high school level or whatever, or on a, or maybe teachers, high school, middle school, would love to hear from you. How has how you interact with students changed over the years? Is it different now than it was five years ago, ten years ago, or the expectations on you and how you handle situations? far different. Let's talk about that next. I want to talk about is how, um, I guess, positions of authority have changed over the years. And and I think it's been it's been for the good. Um, particularly, this the story I wanted to share was about coaching. There was a, a hockey coach was recently let go. And he, this is a guy who's got a lot of credentials. He had won the championship Stanley Cup, had won a couple of Olympic gold medals as a coach of a team. Um, but he got let go because the players were saying like, no, 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 no. We're, we're not okay with this. He was having players send him uh, pictures of teammates, like humiliating pictures of teammates, and then in team meetings would share them with the group, would like put oh, them up on the terrible. screen and stuff. And then another, another thing, he had a player, uh, he asked a player to rank his teammates from hardest to least hardest working and then publicly share the list with the team. Oh, no, 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 no. And it reminded me of a, uh. a, a program director at a radio station I was at many, many years ago. Um, he did a he would do critiques of all of the on-air staff and send everybody's critique to everyone. And he would say, you know, Ooh. and his reasoning was that in, in case you're making the same mistake, you know, that you'll be covered with this. But oh. all it did to serve was humiliate everyone. Yeah. Right? So um, his biggest critique of me was, 
Uh, please stop saying U2 is your favorite band. Everyone knows this by now anyway. <laughs> Ooh. You know, that's the biggest critique she, you get. That's you not kinda, bad. You kind of get the, 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 you know the era that this was in then. Which is um, hilarious because you're going to see U2 next weekend. Yeah, it's funny, right? <laughs> Take that. You haven't changed. <laughs> so anyhow, but what I'm wondering, and, and you know, I, I don't think that's okay. The way that he was like treating his players wasn't, wasn't okay. And I do kind of envy uh, people that are just entering the workforce nowadays, because you've got a lot more, you've got a lot more leverage with stuff like that than we ever had. I mean, particularly like when I first started in radio, everybody was terrified they were going to lose their job all the time. Yeah. So you, you didn't dare speak up about anything. But I'm wondering, as a teacher, as a coach, have you had to change how you interact with students, with uh, players, with with uh, people that you know are under your your authority for about uh, you know. Lack of another, another word. Have you had to had to change all that? Have the, have the times evolved and have you evolved with them? Would love to hear from you. I guess we're talking about how leadership has changed uh, throughout the years and the expectations of people who are, you know, you're leading have changed and how you motivate them is very different. Uh, on the flip side of all, and I think a lot of those changes have been good. On the flip side of it, though, we have a friend who is a, a teacher for a couple of decades. I mean, like lifelong. That was her, her thing. Dedicated to teaching. And uh, she... Retired um, because kids were bringing their phones into the classroom and recording her. And she was like, I'm not going to lose my career and, you know, this great career I've had um, because of if I have a bad moment. And mm. that's like, you know, shared out of con completely out of context, because what you don't see is, you know, like the class, the class or the kids being disruptive for 20 minutes. What you get is three seconds of the teacher saying, calm down or, or whatever. Yeah. So she retired and came back. She's a sub substitute teacher. Oh, that's cool. She's Glad like, she's I still invested in all kids. The, all the joy of teaching with none of the none of the the uh, responsibility long term yeah. that goes along with it. Back to what you were saying about coaching versus teaching. I mean, both go hand in hand. But it seems like throughout history, you've had great military leaders and horrible military leaders, and great mm -hmm. coaches and terrible. I mean, I think of Coach John Wooden. I mean, people say he was like one of the best ba basketball coaches of mm -hmm. all time. Right. And sure. it was all about building character, uh, you know, with his team, mm -hmm. his players. Yeah. So I think it just depends on maybe the the personal integrity of the person. The coach and then what kind of culture they create yeah. around all that. Sure. Mm -hmm.